When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What signs are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it, was, it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The hungriest I've ever been was a time I went camping in Colorado on a campus ministry trip. And even though the days were nice and warm, the nights were very cold. And I didn't realize just how cold it could get at night. It was my very first time camping. And I didn't have a warm enough sleeping bag, and I didn't pack enough layers. And I was too cold to fall asleep that night. And the longer I was awake, the colder I got, and the hungrier I felt. I had never felt this hungry before. It was painful, this ache in my stomach. And there wasn't much I could do besides wait. I knew I would be okay in the morning, that the sun would shine, and we'd get breakfast going. This was just one bad night. When the group woke up in the morning, I confided in my friend about the awful night I had had, how I was so cold and hungry and unable to sleep. And she asked, why didn't you wake someone up? Which, strangely, the thought had never occurred to me. I don't know. Maybe the hunger was clouding my brain or something. But I didn't think of the obvious, to just ask someone for help. In my life, even though I have felt hunger, I didn't have to worry about my next meal. I could trust that sooner or later I would have the opportunity to eat, that my next meal would come. And even in my worst hunger, I've never experienced that kind of chronic hunger, hunger mixed with uncertainty, 
hunger mixed with a real threat of death. Too many people in our country and around the world live with chronic hunger. And so that's important to hold in our hearts this morning as we consider hunger together. In our gospel lesson, after the hungry crowd is fed, after Jesus has left the grassy place and carried on, the crowd is back. They have followed Jesus, and they're hungry again. They want a miraculous sign. They want more bread to eat. That's the thing about hunger. It keeps coming back. We can't just satisfy our hunger once. We have to keep filling ourselves up. Today we need food, and no matter how much I try to eat today, tomorrow I'm going to need food again. And the next day, we'll all have to eat some more. In our first lesson, the Israelites have trusted Moses. They've been led out of slavery in Egypt and given freedom. And the freedom is a good thing, but it comes mixed with hunger. As they wander in the desert, they are getting desperate. Did they escape captivity just to die in the wilderness? Their hunger starts to play tricks on them. They're not thinking clearly. They grow nostalgic about this place that they've escaped Even though they were slaves, didn't they always have food to eat? Surely what they had then was better than what they have now. God heard them and provided. But when God provided manna for the Israelites, God gave them food that would only last the day, sometimes two days to account for the Sabbath. Every day, the Israelites were hungry, and every day, God would continue to provide. Each night, they had to go to bed trusting that there would be food in the morning. In this daily hunger and daily feeding, there would be trust that grew each day. The Israelites were able to grow in their relationship with God They were still learning how to be God's people. The crowd that comes back to Jesus, they know this story of manna in the wilderness from their ancestors. They too want a sign from God, more bread. They are hungry once again. But they don't realize that they've already received what they're looking for. They've seen the sign, they've eaten the bread. But the thing that they're really looking for, what they actually need to feel whole, to feel renewed and healed and loved and forgiven, is Jesus himself, the bread of life. And he's standing right in front of them, offering more than daily bread offering a relationship with God. Hunger is a tricky thing. Sometimes we don't know what we're really hungry for, what is going to fill us up in a good way. 
the stuff that's going to fuel us and nurture us and help us grow. And hunger, while universal, is not equal. Some of us barely have to experience it, while others, chronic hunger is a daily reality. And we hunger for more than food. We hunger for more, more time, a little more money, a little more room in our clothing, some for more power. With each craving, we believe that life would be better with a little more something, that something is different for everyone. But sometimes we hunger for the wrong things, the things that won't satisfy. This past week, we've been watching the Olympics nonstop at our house. Not just the big sports, like gymnastics and swimming. We're in deep at the Barnes house. Fencing, rowing, volleyball, weightlifting, synchronized diving. If it's on, we're watching it. And, it's ama- and while the Olympics do have their faults, it is amazing to watch what these athletes can do. How they seem to have superhuman strength and speed. How they've dedicated their whole lives to perfecting this craft. How many sacrifices they must have made along the way. How so much of their life builds up to just a few minutes on the world stage and the chance to bring home the gold. Earlier this week, Simone Biles, a gymnast, did a shocking thing. This woman who has proven to be the fiercest competitor, a courageous survivor of abuse, a champion for the safety of young girls, who's pushed her sports to new levels, chose to step away from the Olympics in front of the whole world. Simone, like all Olympians, hungers for gold. Anyone who has followed her career knows that. But in this moment, she revealed her true character. She showed that there was more to life than winning. She wasn't going to risk serious life-altering injury by pushing herself when her body was telling her it just wasn't safe. Simone Biles showed that she was human, that her sport comes with serious risk, that she's not invincible. So instead of letting her hunger for gold cloud her thinking, she trusted that she was enough that she was more than her gymnastic achievements. And it sparked a global conversation, a lot of opinions around this. But I think it was an inspiration. She rejected this win-at-all-cost attitude. She put her long-term health first. She put her teammates above her pride. And she handled herself with such grace. It turns out that Olympics... Olympians are not superhuman. They're human after all. And that makes what they do even more incredible. Hunger 
can actually be a really good thing. Hunger keeps us humble. We know that we cannot exist by our own powers alone, that we need food, that we need community, that we need God. And hunger connects us as people. With all the differences that can sometimes divide us, we are united in what we all need. Experiencing hunger even for brief moments means that we are able to empathize with those who are hungry. Hunger keeps us just a little bit uncomfortable. And that slight discomfort can be good. Too comfortable and we might get lazy, too content with the way things are. But that little discomfort, and we might be motivated. Our hunger is good when it keeps us, when it helps us look towards our hungry neighbors with compassion, when we are moved into action because we know our own hunger pains. Our hunger is good when it moves us gently towards the things that we really need, the things that will really satisfy. When in our weakness, we turn towards God for strength. In our sinfulness, we turn towards God for forgiveness. In our frail, needy bodies, we are confident that in God we have eternal life. It's not easy to admit when we need help, to admit that we're human, to admit that we need God, to return to God each day, trusting that for one more day we will be cared for and sustained, knowing that tomorrow we're going to need God too. But like those Israelites wandering in the desert, we are still learning how to be God's people. The journey of faith is one of trust. Our daily need and God's daily provision. Trusting that God is present at, and at work in the world. Trusting that God is feeding us and providing for us. Trusting that the Holy Spirit is using us and equipping us, the church, to do God's work in feeding people around us. We are hungry people, each and every one of us. But God meets us in that hunger and makes us whole. Amen.